Welcome to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Established in 2016, the Fintech Times is a global multimedia news outlet centered around the world's first leading fintech newspaper. We report on the latest and brightest ideas from the fintech world. Follow the conversation using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Polly and I'm a journalist at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Manisha. I'm the marketing coordinator at the Fintech Times. And this week, we're going to be looking at traditional banks and how that they can thrive in a digital world. Uh, so Manisha, what did you look at this week? So I looked at how it's imperative for incumbent banks to digitalise in order to keep up with the new competition, which is the challenger banks and neobanks. Traditional banks have faced a projected loss of $2 trillion if they don't adapt to the digital world, meaning that no operational aspect should be exempt but from a digital perspective, we need to, you know, they need to do what they can to improve and keep up with the latest trends. If banks don't digitalize, total transformation is needed. And if banks do not adapt to digital change, they will not survive the impact of all these new, you know, fintech challenger banks, such as Monzo, Starling Bank, that have come to place. Um, new tech has indicated it's an era of both neobanks. And digital-only banks, as well as challenger banks, have recently created institutions with a large digital f- digital footprint. Together, they have gained over 39 million customers worldwide. Research shows customers are attracted to the high-quality user experience of new challenger banks. With having easy access and flexible banking will convince them to switch to a new financial provider. And recently, it's shown that including smartphones, big data and social media, it has made it very easy to manage people's finances. And that's what people are switching to. Neobanks are doing very well. Their keen cost income ratio presents a significant threat to established institutions. They are also less likely to be a target of cyber attacks and a threat that companies in the financial sector are way more likely to face than others. According to recent research by Citibank, The strengths of these new digitalized banks contribute to the reason why traditional banking industry has faced a projected $2 trillion revenue loss. Legacy banks have always been aware of the need to keep up to date with tech changes, but the rate of change is increasing and traditional banks can't compete fast enough. They lack stability and agility, leading to dissatisfied customers when compared to fully digital, digital and more nimble competitors. The key for traditional banks and digital banks have so much to gain from working together and, you know, they should collaborate. Fintechs can benefit from the long history of banking and the foundation that banks provide. They can also benefit from banks' transactional data and banks can benefit and gain value in new players and from advanced technology such as APIs. Um, and just to explain, an API is an application program, programming interface and it's used to describe a set of tools that enable different software components or systems to effectively communicate with one another. Um, overall, I'd say to, re- to retain their competitive edge, banks must embrace digital transformation and stay ahead of the competition. And nursing the API industry has shown to see huge in- innovation in the fintech industry. This approach alongside constant evolution of technology and safeguarding excellent customer experience will contribute to long-term growth. Polly, did you look at something similar? Yeah, so this week um, I looked at a very similar kind of topic. I wanted to delve in to sort of some other factors uh, where traditional banks sort of either come out on top or can use to sort of 
uh, really challenge the challenger banks, if you will. Uh, so obviously, as we've mentioned, traditional high street banks have seen um, a very slight gradual decrease in popularity, what with, you know, the rise of digital challenges and other fintech solutions. Um, and I think for a lot of people in the industry that it's really become more and more apparent over the last few years that simply being a high street bank and holding a high street bank's name isn't quite enough to secure new customers as they once would have been. Uh, despite the fact, obviously, that most people still have high street banks as their main account, you know, challenger banks have just been really increasingly gaining public trust. And in this industry, um, trust is a huge capital, uh, especially, you know, when you think about the 2008 financial crash and that whole scenario, trust is so important at the moment. So some of this trust in digital banks has absolutely come from COVID. Uh, so with everything having to move online, obviously, people have almost been forced into using digital solutions. Um, so I spoke to Julia McCall recently, who is the commercial director at Chetwood Financial, a digital bank. Um, and she was saying how COVID has really got people over the line and removed some of the fear factors that they have around financial technologies. So, you know, they've seen consumers be really reluctant to engage with digital payments or even, you know, things like contactless. But because the pandemic created a drive for those products, they're now using them every day. So, you know, obviously it's been a really great time for digital first and mobile first challenger banks. You know, they've revolutionized banking by designing their products, services and of course, you know, their apps to match consumer needs and how customers manage their finances. You know, this isn't a, a new thing either. You know, it's it's quite well known that this dedication to customer experience has really allowed them to outpace big banks in a way that big banks have needed to try and catch up. So, you know, as we all know, this has created a hugely competitive market when it comes to banking and other financial services. With the spotlight on challenger banks creating these hugely innovative solutions, at the same time, the incumbent banks have been playing catch up to and uh, offering similar products and services and really stepping up their game when it comes to customer experiences like you were detailing just then, Manisha. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, trust is a really huge factor in that. So an AT Kearney uh, study found that four fifths of respondents considered their primary account to be with a traditional bank whereas only a fifth said that challenger banks were their primary accounts. So the same study found that almost three quarters of respondents chose to have their salary paid into uh, by a traditional bank. So it kind of signals the higher level of trust placed in them. And, you know, this trust comes from a lot of things, mainly, you know, the fact that they've been around for such a long time. Fintech is still quite a new thing when it comes to sort of the layman and just general consumers. So if you see a bank popping up that's only been open for like a year, you're maybe not going to have quite as much trust in them, even if they have been, you know, regulated and have a banking license exactly the same as the other bank. People, generally speaking, are a little bit more wary of these newer solutions. Um, some research from Plum has also found that even among its tech-savvy customer base, obviously Plum being a fintech, traditional banks are still preferred over neobanks. So 91% of Plum customers are linking traditional high street banks to their app, suggesting that these challenger banks still have quite a long way to go before becoming the trusted banking partner for the majority. And I think it's uh, quite a popular thing that we're seeing is that people will have a traditional bank account that they've probably had for a very long time. And, you know, they'll use that to have their salary paid into it, etc., um, and then they'll have like a secondary bank account, which they'll have with a digital bank like Starling or Monzo or Revolut, you know, which, whatever one of them. And so they'll use it as almost like a secondary account. So that's very popular. 
Um, and I think challenger banks do have a bit of work to do before they become, you know, purely the consumer's only bank account. So, you know, big banks are backed by, you know, reputation and credibility. So all they really need is the technology and the talent to lever up their customer experience. We're already seeing major banks doing this, you know, by acquiring smaller firms and doubling down on their development talent. However, acquisitions may not always work in the bank's favour. According to Adam Desmond from MyTech, he said that challenger banks do still operate on trial and error sometimes. Um, and not being built on the same foundation as traditional banks may not always leave customers happy. So when big banks acquire smaller banks or smaller financial solutions, it may not necessarily work out the way that they want it to. Um, But realistically, I think it really all just does come down to customer experience. And it's such a huge factor. You know, there's a pre-perceived level of loyalty in banking and usually people very rarely change their banking providers. You know, a lot of the time people will get their first bank account as a teenager or a child or, you know, whenever you get it. And then they'll just stick with that bank account for most of their lives. According to Finder.com, more than 57% of elderly account holders stayed loyal to the same banking provider for their entire lives. And, you know, this is why major banks really need to deliver the same level of customer service, if not better online than in store, because, you know, obviously people are sticking with them. People are loyal to them. So if they don't provide the customer experiences that consumers are demanding and people are quite, you know, demanding when it comes to financial services now, obviously, because they have so much choice, then this loyalty could very easily, you know, go away. Um, But that being said, you know, 1.4 million high street bank customers said that they don't um, intend to return to a bank branch after a pandemic. So this does tie into what you were saying, Manish, about digital and how these digital experiences really need to uh, stay relevant, stay innovative. You know, otherwise, if they don't step up these user experiences, they may not retain their existing customers. And these customers, despite this pre-perceived loyalty, will start moving elsewhere. You know, whether customers choose to bank with traditional banks or a digital first challenger or even other, you know, new fintech um, entrants, it does really all come back to the idea of trust. Um, And I think this is just so important. And a huge part of this, as we've said, will be delivering these user experiences that meet customer demands. So customers need to feel that their money is in safe hands. At the end of the day, you know, it's money, it's people's finances. That is probably, you know, one of the most important things in life. And people need to know that their money is safe. So if they can't report issues and have them resolved without a fuss, if they can't get through to someone on the phone or on like an online chat basis, if they don't know that the banking provider will do everything that they can to protect and manage their money, then these customers are going to have a problem. And that's when customers are probably going to start to move elsewhere. So that's why trust is just so important when it comes to banking. You know, today, it's just really no longer about the name and reputation. And instead, it's just all about the experiences that the provider delivers. And if they can live up to expectations, you know, and if if they make promises that they can't keep, then that's when banks, whether they are, you know, a challenger, an incumbent or a fintech, if they make promises that they're not delivering on a customer and that's when they're going to have problems and then that's when they're going to see customers go elsewhere. So, you know, trust and user experience are just the bare minimum of what banks need to provide. And I think they absolutely have to step up with that. And I think we're going to see that a lot more, especially as things develop more this year. So it'll be interesting to see what the industry looks like um, in the future. Thanks for listening to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Don't miss next week's episode and continue the conversations using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times.